Hello and welcome to I Kinda Liked It. I'm your host, Harris Smith, and on each episode I'll be speaking to different guests about a movie or other piece of media that they love, but is generally regarded as being bad or was poorly reviewed or just generally unsuccessful when it first came out. If you like the show and are interested in reading more about hated, beloved movies, you can check out my blog at ikindaliked.blogspot.com. My guests this time are my old friend Jack Hayden and his best friend Devin Simpson. Jack is the founder of Snake Bomb Comics. He's based in Portland, Oregon, where he's heavily involved in the local VHS swap community and spends much of his time watching and writing about strange movies. Among his favorite films are Cemetery Man, The Human Tornado, and Ernest Goes to Jail. Devin Simpson resides in Baltimore, Maryland, the charm city, and his favorite films include Father's Day, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Gozu. Jack and Devin have been friends since middle school. For today's show, They've chosen the extended cut of the 1993 Super Mario Brothers film, directed by Annabelle Jenkel and Rocky Morton. Let's find out what it is, why it's considered a bad movie, and why Jack and Devin love it anyway. Hey, guys. Hey. How's it going? Hey, Harris. Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm super excited. It's the first show. so. Yeah, I, um, I was uh, really glad that you kind of gave me the choice to pick what movie we were going to talk about as a guest because i feel like it was going to be this or an earnest movie but <laughs> yeah you know I, I didn't want to be too stereotypical so of course i had to go for the wild card of, of uh, super mario bros i think it's also yeah. a good one because i feel like it gets a little bit more piled on than it needs to and i like genuinely like this movie well yeah absolutely you're the reason that i own this movie on dvd so of course you were the first person <laughs> i thought of to you know ask to join as well cool so well let's uh let's start off by telling everyone what it is what is super mario brothers the movie and specifically i guess the um the jenko morton cut well this movie came out in 1993 uh, I was seven years old at the time and saw it in the movie theater and um, couldn't believe what I was seeing. Finally, a Super Mario Brothers movie, and it was really fucking strange. I think in the in the best way possible. Uh, I don't know if either of you saw it when it was uh, released theatrically. I did not. No, I was. So I was. Um, my parents were in the Navy, and I was stationed. But he would. My dad was stationed in Japan. So back in the day, we used to get movies like six, seven months later in the theater on base. So I didn't see this until we rented it maybe like the year after it came out um, without any like preparation that it was being made or anything. It was completely just like, oh, that's on the shelf and it's a Mario, so it's going to be good. And we rented it on that whim. Oh, I like the idea that you had to prepare. You needed preparation, like a window of time <laughs> to prepare I mean? yourself. Like, there, there, was no, there was no like, oh, they're making a Mario movie and Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo are going to be in it. There was nothing like, you know, it was just it just showed up. It was just one of those things like, oh, that's in front of me at my level as a kid on the shelf. So we're going to get it. Yeah, it's funny because uh, it really is like the first as far as I'm aware of the first uh major studio like live action video game movie and yeah. that that probably um is like the biggest milestone for this film existing um it's it's 
you know, after watching this movie, what, like three times in the last like two and a half weeks, which has to be like a record because <laughs> I watched the theatrical cut and then the two hour Morton and Jankel cut. I don't think there's any way to make a Super Mario Bros. film that makes sense. And this yeah. is, to me, the best possible iteration of what it could be. There's yeah. so many different ways it could have gone. And I'm so happy that they decided to go with this bizarre kind of like family uh family based um cyberpunk film that's like weirdly a little dark but still kind of a pg movie with this sort of confused tone and um yeah you know actors who after the fact really claimed that they like hated working on the on the project but it doesn't come across at all when you watch it it seems like a, it was like a lot of fun to to be a part yeah. of yeah i know bob hoskins in particular thought it was like the worst thing that he ever did i feel like uh i feel like the bitterness around this film and like a a lot of the reason why it catches a lot of flack is because the people that were involved in the production had such a negative experience that they went on to like talk all this shit like there's so much shit talking from so many different levels on this production and um like I think I think for the people that, you know, either had a different vision of where it needed to go at like a production level or, um, you know, the actual experience of being on set, it just sounded like it was a train wreck. And so I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why this movie gets a lot of flack. And I think it's unfair because it doesn't come across when you actually sit down and watch the film. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. But yeah, I guess it's it's worth talking about the background a little bit that um, uh, Rocky Morton and... Um, What's her? Annabelle Jenkel. Annabelle Jenkel um, had come uh, from like music videos, um, and then they created Max Headroom, <clears throat> one of the best, and, one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, yeah, which was like genuinely like a visionary, you know, thing, um, and also directed like a, a pretty decent remake of uh, the old film noir DOA. Um, oh, I didn't know that. With, I haven't seen uh, that. Yeah. With uh, uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, I think. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. So I think they came to to Super Mario Brothers with uh, maybe a vision that was significantly different than what what ultimately wound up, uh, you know, when uh, when Disney got involved. Well, I know uh, Devin that I sent you a bunch of the clips of like the music video stuff they were working on. They did like a really cool Rush music video, and um, I think they did like a Talking. Yeah, it's Talking Heads. Um, and Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello, and uh, also a bunch of commercials for this like UK soda brand called Quattro. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Which pro- I'm guessing that it's like disgusting. It probably tastes horrible. It probably tastes like canned beans or something. <laughs> sorry, sorry, British folks, but I bet it's disgusting. But the the commercials for Quattro, more than anything else, looking at those like old music videos, like I, it blew my mind to go back and watch them. Both of them are on YouTube. All of the aesthetics of the Super Mario Brothers uh, film are in that Quattro commercial. It's the blue and red uh stage lights and then just mm-hmm. shitloads of dry ice and smoke machines and then like uh semi-futuristic looking technology that also seems like it's ancient at the same time like the soda yeah. dispensing machine almost reminds me of like the the devo machine from the the mario bros movie um yeah 
and all of the the really interesting like kind of old school um cgi stuff that they were that they inserted into the mario bros movie is in those uh commercials and even in some yeah. like the the rush video you know so they had that really like locked down way before they they came on board which i thought was really interesting yeah i think yeah. it's it it makes me really wonder what either the pitch meeting or the brainstorming, like the creative brainstorming meeting looked like for this movie. Cause it, it feels like there's a sense of like auteur that they're coming at it with, you know? Yeah. And so it's something like, how do you see Mario? You know, like that's the conversation. Like, well, I see him. He's like jumping around in these space boots. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he can't just, that's the movie. The there it is. Yeah. And, and it feels like it just, it is interesting that they, they wanted to open up the world. Because really, the plot is essentially—it's essentially the same as the video game. It's just a completely different aesthetic and yeah. tone. Like, go save Daisy. Like, that's it. That's the—that's the whole thing. And they—they they do that. And and you even, uh, Jack. I remember you brought up. You feel like it's—it's uh, it's copying on Mario Kart a little bit. That had just well, yeah, because all the bad driving. <laughs> yeah, every every time someone is behind the wheel of a vehicle, they're either crashing into shit or like even like uh, like anytime you see someone in Dino Hatton on a bike, they're like crashing into a guardrail and flipping over. Like I feel yeah. like they just sh- shoehorned in Mario Kart, which I think came out the year before. Yeah, they really they really just um, they didn't know what to do with Mario because it's just a bizarre template with no story attached to it. Yeah, it's just it's it's if you if you made a truly accurate Mario film, he would be jumping for like ninety eight percent of it, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> just jumping on shit, you know. And yeah, they do yeah, manage to incorporate girls. that in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it but makes that's... me think like the only other way they could have done this movie, because one one complaint I've seen, like I I briefly kind of went down a rabbit hole and just took a glance at. Why, why do people hate on it and how are they hating on this movie? I think people are like, that's not in the video game. And it's like, what do you expect? It's an Italian American plumber in a fantasy world stepping on turtles to get to a princess that's captured by a bigger turtle dinosaur king guy or whatever. And that's all in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's basically. In there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, I feel like, 1993 was like the year of the dinosaur with like Jurassic Park coming out the same year and obviously yeah. like there's no way that the the people making that movie at least the studio didn't weren't aware that that was going to be like the biggest film of the year and so I feel like there's all of the the dinosaur stuff that's like kind of a marginal part of like Mario lore or whatever it's like just kind of yeah. thrown in there in the video games I feel like that's one of the reasons why they went down that path and um it it definitely takes it in a much different direction than what you would be expecting if you had just played the games but i think it's for the best i love it yeah really i think the only other way they could have done it is if people want it to be like the video game and true to exactly how that is like maybe if jim henson puppets were in it and he was jumping on like giant jim henson turtles or something maybe it would have been more of what they wanted but i think that would have gotten old really fast yeah i mean no one wants to see labyrinth with like fat middle-aged men instead of jennifer (laughs) Connolly. (laughs) i don't know if that's like a like a winning combo it is for someone out there but i i I can guarantee you that film would have been even more hated if that's the route that they went it's interesting to think about this uh at the time that it was made uh in the sense of like now so many movies that come out are adaptations of something 
but really up until like batman dick tracy and like the adams family movie like that wasn't like there had been like the superman movies and stuff but it wasn't like as much of a thing yeah this was like kind of part of the first wave of movies where it was like oh like batman and dick tracy and and uh, adam's family all did really well so let's start let's start you know mining properties but mining ones that are less culturally entrenched like i think at that point when the films were being made of, of everything you just brought up harris it's like everyone like kids and people's parents and probably even people's grandparents were aware of all those things. Cause those were yeah. on TV for generations. And like Batman is just this eternal archetype that exists in everyone's brain, whether you want him to or not. But the, I think going for something that maybe is so much more abstract that probably only younger folks are aware of if your parents bought you a Nintendo system or you're some like fanatic that's just been into computer shit from like you know day one and really was plugged into what was happening at the time like I don't think that there was as much like fondness for this franchise or this characters and there's certainly not enough like of a story to adapt where people are just going to be on board like you really have to win win people over and I, I don't I don't think that worked as well all those adaptations you mentioned, Harris, mm-hmm. at the time, even then, they were throwbacks. Like, yeah. Adam's Family is an old cartoon. You know, Superman started out as, like, a circus-looking uh, character or something, and it was all true. very corny yeah. and all that stuff. And it was all kind of much safer and more, I don't know, just kind of typical conservative delivery yeah. of content. And all of those adaptations went gritty with it. Like, yeah. even Adam's Family with the macabre was still, like, a silly kind of look at the american family but that movie made it it pushed it a little more to the edge and mario just was like well all eight-year-olds love this right now (laughs) but we still want their parents to come into the theater and you know buy all the toys and stuff so we're gonna put bob hoskins saying you can't arrest a guy for being a plumber (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know a nightclub scene with a ton of like hot dancers and assless chaps and you know (laughs) That that one's for dad. <laughs> I mean, I wonder though if that also wasn't part of sort of the backlash of the movie against the movie when it came out. Just that it wasn't. It was the first live action movie, or at least the first American live action movie based on a video game. So, like, yeah, like there wasn't even like legacy media that existed, unless they had done like Pac Man or something. You know, like, like there was not going to be a video game movie that people were familiar with. And then also I think so many people at the time or critics at least were like, that it seems so crass to turn a a game, you know, a video game into a, into a film. I think a big part of it too, is that a lot of critics at the time were like, Oh, well everyone that's, or, you know, most everyone that's involved in this film has done all of these other projects that are so much more like critically acclaimed and like how could they end up in this like steaming pile of shit like everyone it was just like totally ragged on i feel like there was the the misunderstanding of of what the film was because it is a confusing film it's like one of the reasons why i like it it's unwieldy and like (laughs) it's kind of exhausting in how like breakneck pace it is and how much is packed into i mean 
140 minutes is a long time for a film like that. And it definitely feels long. But yeah, I think that like on top of that, people really, like I said earlier, caught wind of like the troubled production and just wanted to dismiss it outright. And it's funny because like for me, this movie is not like a lost gem because I never stopped watching it. Like I've watched this movie. (laughs) I've watched this movie too many times. It's just something that like clearly had more of a legacy that grew with like a, like an internet fan base and people that really like loved the film and and wanted some kind of restoration. And I guess that's where like the, the, the two hour um, Morton and and Jen Kell cut comes in. Um, Harris, I know that you watched that. Devin, did you get a chance to watch like the, the two hour cut? I didn't end up doing it. Every time I went to start it, I started, you know, when I would search for it, I would like start going down the rabbit hole of looking at whatever else was saying. So I went off the rails with it, but, but yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, it, it really is not, it's not a better movie. Um, no. There's at all. Harris, did you get to watch the theatrical cut too? I didn't, but I, I remembered it well enough and I, you can kind of tell from how the, uh, how the extended cut is is put together, like what's extra. And a lot of, so much of it is just like extra reaction shots in like the middle of the scene. And then there are like a few scenes. I don't know. I felt like maybe at the beginning, like it does do at least a little bit more character development. Um, Cause I think that's kind of one of the big criticisms of the movie uh, in general. I was looking at some of like the contemporary criticism from when it came out and it's like, a lot of people actually did like acknowledge that, um, you know, it looked really good and that it had a really great cast. The, the criticisms were like with the script, with the like lack of coherence and with the idea of just making a video game into a movie in the first place. Yeah, the 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 Morton and Jane Kel cut adds about 15 minutes. And like you said, Harris, it's weirdly... Uh, it's like reaction shots and bits of dialogue that don't really substantially change the yeah. the course of the film or like the tone of it really. It's it's almost just like, and then there's like three scenes that are substantial um, yeah. that were cut from the theatrical version that again are like not essential to the film at all. Um, it's funny because one of them is just in the beginning of the film, you get like, Mario and Luigi's confrontation with like Scapelli brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you get the you get the scene inside the restaurant where they're supposed to be, you know, fixing the dishwasher and Scapelli has already got there. Yeah. And um it's it like all it does is it just builds up Scapelli as like more of a villain than it needs to and like I feel like the the thing that stuck out to me that that was hilarious was that uh, uh, the owner of the restaurant's like, Scapelli, you know this guy? And Mario's like, yeah, I grew up with him. It was like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> we need like a scene of like, like baby Mario and baby Scapelli, like beating each other up with like wrenches on the playground or something. Like just like building in this lifelong rivalry. It was Their hilarious. My grandparents to me. had a rivalry in Ellis Island and when they came to the United <laughs> States from Italy and they just kept going with their competing goes, plumbing businesses. It goes all the way back to the old country. Yeah. <laughs> Three hour cut right there. And then, yeah. you know, like, and like, like it ex- establishes like Mario is like, nobody touches my tools, which is like, you know, <laughs> they, they really, uh, they, they harp on that quite a bit throughout the entire film, but like, it's really, it's not, it's not that important. Although I did enjoy watching it. 
And then um, it's the, the, the scene with uh, where Dennis Hopper kills one of his minions. Yeah, there's the it's I think it's the one that's the most noticeable is like when you watch the theatrical cut, it's obvious there's something missing. It's like the it's the Devo machine. Yeah. Um, and there's a scene in the theatrical cut where you suddenly see Koopa Dennis Hopper as Koopa like slip on this giant pile of what looks like baby shit on the floor. And it's really jarring because it's very obvious, like maybe not as much when you're seven years old and watching this movie in the theater, but like now you can tell that there's something very awkward about it. And it's just, um, it's like a missing um, effects shot where one of Koopa's minions like sneezes accidentally and Koopa, who's like a germaphobe, uh, decides to put him in the Devo machine as like punishment and he sends him all the way back to Cretaceous and uh, the dude just turns into like a, a, a pile of, of Gerber's baby food and like splatters all over the floor. And then there's the rap. Yeah. Oh, there's the rap. rap. With uh, with uh, Richie Edson and, and Fisher Stevens. Yeah, with um, d- dude, uh, Richie Edson, the original drummer from Sonic Youth. Yeah. From 81 to 82 wrote uh, wrote the lyrics and music. And oh, for it. the rap? For the rap. That was him. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's um apparently that whole scene came about and then was cut because there was so much chaos on set with the film being written and then rewritten that they were yeah. just like um him and Fisher Stevens are were both like hey, what about this? Like we just came up with this. Can we put this in the movie <laughs> while they're filming the club scene and they they were like, yeah, sure, why not? Everything else is is falling apart, so let's put it in there. And they do like a a really bad like um like beastie boys style like uh they do probably like like four bars where they trade off like you know within the same line <laughs> finishing each other's <laughs> like sentences it's so funny but it's funny because it's like that part of that part of the movie is a bunch of like the quote unquote political commentary that was like cut from the film like yeah. Iggy and Spike do like an anti-Koopa rap because Mario says, "Hey, it's your world. Do something about it." When they're like complaining <laughs> about um, complaining about how shitty everything is in Dino Hatton, and that like sparks something in Iggy and Koopa's brain to do this like anti-Koopa rap where they're like, "Koopa, the party poopa, the poopa scoopa." <laughs> it's it's um, I'm I'm uh, actually thankful that that's not in the theatrical cut of the film (laughs) yeah it's funny the political element like i feel like this is one of a number of movies this i had a conversation with someone about this recently from the 90s that sort of implicitly or explicitly explicitly were warning us about donald trump like yeah for real yeah so the koopa character like i don't know how much of it is intentional and how much of it is just because we've been so exposed to the other one for such a long time but like it seems it seems almost like a like a you know like an impersonation donald trump is a germaphobe holds his hands weird has has bizarre hair uh he's a fascist he's a real real estate mogul koopa gets pretty (laughs) pretty handsy in one scene we're just like oh shit let's let's not do this guys let's keep it my idiots (laughs) yeah that's true and is one as well the political commentary of it is um it's there in the in in one of those deleted scenes um 
that I took note of when, when I watched the two hour cut, there's a scene when, um, Mario, Luigi, Iggy, and Spike are hi- hijacking one of those sludge gulpers, you know, the, <laughs> the garbage trucks that they just paint sludge gulper on the side. And they're, they're, uh, riding it back to the boom, boom, bar, the boom, boom bar after, uh, being in the desert. And, um, they're all talking to each other and Luigi says, Hey guys, what's with all this Koopa the blank stuff? Everywhere we look, you got Koopa the sportsman, Koopa, Koopa the environmentalist. That was the, Koop- the other Trump thing that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Koopa the stud miser. Does anyone else run against this guy? Iggy says Koopa the sensitive ran four years ago, but he only got two percent. Luigi says, "No, no, I'm talking about someone other than Koopa." Spike says, "No, Koopa doesn't like that." Mario, what do you mean? You can vote for anybody as long as it's Koopa. Luigi. What kind of system's that? Spike. Democracy. <laughs> Hard-hitting political commentary that unfortunately did not make it to the theatrical cut. So let's talk let's talk about what you guys love about this movie. Like what what is it about Super Mario Brothers that that speaks to you? You know, I I liked it when I when I was a little kid. Like we rented it and I think that's just kind of that that phase where your filter's not that sophisticated so yeah it either speak, or it speak for yourself and <laughs> and it was you know it was good like it was just it was fun it in and of itself it was fun right and i wasn't yeah. overthinking like this isn't the same as level two and you know super mario land or whatever like i i wasn't thinking about that i was just along for the ride and i think what makes it work is it's like those cuts sound like they make sense to me because they're not trying to make it too real. Yeah. It's just this weird cyberpunky take on the Mario franchise and it does set up its, its world, right? Yeah. It's got its own rules and it pretty much follows them consistently for, mm-hmm. for better or worse. Right. Like yeah. it doesn't have to make a lot of sense to me as an eight year old to appreciate that it was yeah. fun and like, the bad guy turns into slime at the end and all of that stuff. Like it, it just works. It really embellished the personalities of very two dimensional characters in yeah. a way that was satisfying to my little kid brain. And even if it's a heavy dose of nostalgia, it's still, it still holds up to me. Yeah. I, I agree with all of that. And I'll say that like, I think visually the film has really held up. Um, yeah. It's, pr- it's pretty incredible um, how much they really physically built the sets, like using, that abandoned cement factory and just kind of using that as the template for all of the, the dino hat and stuff. I think the um, early CGI stuff that they use holds up. It's, I think that was at a time when CGI was still a little bit more sculptural and, and uh, akin to painting um, from what I've seen from the behind the scenes work. And it just, um, you know, it obviously looks outdated if you compare it to what, is used now, but I appreciate that about it. I think it just looks cool. And it it's interesting that they use the CGI more as an accent to a bunch of the crazy practical effects that they built. I think this had like kind of like a visual influence on a, a lot of like the science fiction and action type movies that came out, at least like the dystopian ones in the in the 90s. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think um, it's a shame that the movie didn't do that well because they obviously put a lot of work into it. And yeah. the thing the thing that I think is cool is that they really do show off a lot of the stuff that they built. You know, with some films, you get cool shots of effects that maybe you only see for 
a couple seconds at a time or you know it's it's all either front loaded or back loaded in the film and you know this yeah. like they they really i mean even before they do the the dino hatton alternate universe stuff like you get that baby hatching out of a slimy egg and and all the costumes yeah. are really awesome too like i just appreciate that they really put a lot of work into it and like fully show it off it, it almost gives the the movie kind of a strange look because so much of what's happening in Dino Hatton is um, really brightly lit because they clearly yeah. want to show off uh, yeah. all the, the work they put into it. And I just, um, it took me a really long time to rewatch it when I rewatched the the DVD, just the theatrical cut, because I was taking screenshots and like pausing probably every like uh, 30 seconds, like looking at all the signs and the, the background characters and, and really just um, like picking on stuff, uh, picking up on stuff that I've never seen before even though I've seen this movie like probably over 15 times at this point. Yeah. It's an amazingly like busy movie. Like it's, it's everything is super kinetic. There's a million things going on in the background. Like the set is part of the action that the background characters are part of the action. Everybody's constantly shouting. Like, um, it's so like, that's part of what I really like enjoyed about it. Um, and also, I think maybe another reason why a lot of people don't like it is that it's so it's so like energetic, like there's no there's no breathing room. Like you're just I mean, and it is like kind of a really good um, cinematic version of a video game in that respect. Yeah, totally. And I feel like Harris energetic is like the kind way to put it. I think yeah. most other folks would say exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> Psychotic. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I I think it has um it has a lot of momentum to it. Uh yeah, one of the things that's funny about this movie that I think about now is there's so much um there's so much interference and like public scrutiny of films as they're being made now that yeah. I don't think that this film would have turned out the same if there had been something like Twitter that existed while it was being made. Because I was, I was thinking specifically about like the, the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie they made, like what, like yeah. three or four years ago where Twitter caught wind of how creepy the CGI was for Sonic's face. Like he basically had like a rat nose and like human teeth and just looked horrifying. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it would have been a better film if they had kept that no. creepy CGI. I, I just appreciate that something like this movie came out at a time where like production was just hermetically sealed and you just get what you get at the end of it, um, yeah. you know, for better or for worse. And I think it's, you know, for the best with this film, like, if all if this word had gotten out that like that there was all of this these production problems in the middle of the film and this looks weird or this wasn't working out or people aren't enjoying it um you know being a part of it um i think that like the extra pressure from the public where people would just be like ripping it apart probably would have made it collapse i don't think that people are going to like it anymore um now if they weren't predisposed to like it when it first came out um yeah I think there was a lot of praise when it came out um, just heaped on the special effects, which is fair. Like it doesn't look bad at all. Um, no. But if, if you're not going to get on board immediately for what it is, I don't think that now you're going to like it. And from everything I've seen, and this drives me fucking crazy is it, it ends up on like YouTube channels with just dudes talking at a camera being like, 
this movie's so bad. I can't believe this movie was made. This yeah. sucks. What a shitty the movie. Is so bad. It's good. And it doesn't feel like there's a, a genuine engagement with what's happening. Yeah. Like, I don't want to overplay the sophistication of the movie or anything, but like, it no, just please. Sort of feels like it was <laughs> presumed dead on arrival. Like, Oh yeah. Oh, they're going to, you know, I don't know. Just like the decision making and stuff like it's, yeah, it's corny, but also, it it literally was aimed at children who were playing the video game back in the, the early nineties. Like it's not trying to be bigger than it is. And it's not trying to be more serious than it's, you know, than it needs to be. Um, so it just kind of, kind of comes off as like sort of an attention grab to be like, here's how I'm specifically going to shit on this movie. And it's going to be the coldest takes that a person can take about, yeah. you know, each scene beat by beat. And it's like, you know, it's not, like an Oscar winning movie or whatever, but like should have been, Oscar, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a it fun was, movie. It was nominated for special effects. I think actually it was though. Yeah, that's right. It actually yeah, was yeah. nominated on uh, that front. And it's funny that's actually though, but is, that, that kind of criticism on some oh, technological sorry. level, right? Wasn't there like a machine or a program they used that? It was the C it was the CGI. The, yeah. 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 But, um, that kind of criticism that you're talking about is the other inspiration for wanting to do this show is to, talk about movies like this with like you know not with scorn but like i don't know like we enjoy this stuff so let's let's uh you know let's let's revel in the the pleasure of yeah appreciate uh, what they gave us yeah exactly. yeah yeah i i think that um it's certainly now more than ever you get um other podcasts or just YouTube channels or just people's entire personalities that are based on shit talking movies. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, this movie's So I was talking to Harris about this earlier. It's like, this movie's so bad. I only watch trash movies. I like shit. I like garbage. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I feel bad for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably watch a movie that you like. It's life is too short to just be like cynical about everything. And like, you know, it, it's um, it's really lame to also shit talk a movie when you haven't made your own. Like, I'd like to see you make a Super Mario Brothers movie that the rest of the world can <laughs> scrutinize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll give you we'll give you um thirty four million dollars, and you have to make a Super Mario Brothers movie that uh, doesn't suck. Good luck. <laughs> because it's a it's a rorschach test it's going to reveal something about your own psyche that you don't want the world to see because mario is such an abstract force yeah. of nature that <laughs> yeah maybe. yeah it's it's um it, i feel like that's really like the the um lens that this movie is looked at you know currently it's just it ends up on like wtf oh my god i can't believe this exists which is the stupidest yeah. fucking like if that's your personality fuck you that is so annoying yeah. <laughs> yeah, like i the, cannot believe that's something that people base their entire lives on i think it's something else is like people want to chase that feeling of the like the viral you know sensation of yeah. the room or birdemic or troll 2 where it's super easy to shit on the pace and the wooden performances and the really bad writing and the, the everything about those movies. Yeah. And it's just applying that veneer to this in a way that's unfair because it's just like, you just really want to hear yourself talk about a shitty movie and be yeah. part of that mindset or, you know, that 
that culture, I guess. I don't know. I really um I really like the the Mario and Luigi dynamic in this movie that they totally invented just for the sake of yeah. this film that is like not based on the the video games whatsoever where like Luigi's an orphan and Mario's raised him like as his father, his 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 mother, his brother. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, my father then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and they do this thing that I really like where like Luigi is like the very enthusiastic and impulsive and kind of like intuition based character at the beginning who doesn't have like the <laughs> the know-how and skills of like, you know, traditionally uh trained mario and like mario's the one who's like don't touch my tools i'm all about yeah. the tools it's all about <laughs> family my grandfather Luigi's gave me these tools theorist and he's reading the national Enquirer and stuff yeah and, right. and then yeah. and then by the end of the film they both they don't swap character traits they like completely fill out each other's uh characters by like adopting pieces of each other and so like luigi is like much more like confident in being a plumber and like has more experience and then mario is like he's still you know his top dog but he uh yeah he's like i believe oh i yeah. believe like he becomes like his like mind is expanded by the end of the film he's like ready for yeah. anything what do you guys think happens at the end when daisy comes back it's like you guys are never gonna believe this yeah. did you guys think like do, do you have something that you pictured with uh with daisy coming back and like setting it up for a sequel I did not. <laughs> so I like so that it was eight, ambiguous. Yeah. When I was eight, I was just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, the same thing. I was just going to accept what was given to me. And I was like, well, yeah. this is definitely going to happen because <laughs> sequels do happen all the time. They made another Batman. They made more Back to the Futures. They made more Ninja Turtles and all that stuff. They've made like, five Mario cool. games already. You know, and uh, yeah, exactly. Like it was like, this will definitely happen. And now watching it, I was thinking about like, what would I want the rest of it to look like? And yeah. I was thinking it would be really fun if it went even further off the rails in like a phantasm kind of way. Okay. <laughs> like they just really get weird with exploring the world and they're out in the desert. And then there's like, there's this portal to like the deeper universe or, or another planet or something. I, I think that would be pretty sick if they just really went and just defied all of your hopes and expectations for what the franchise should be. It just gets even darker. Would... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would watch that. I would. This watch is that. this is what I thought. I was thinking, like, so Lance Henriksen is turned into this like city or like planet wide spanning like fungus body mm -hmm. in the course of the Super Mario Bros. film, and apparently, like, his consciousness is like is reaching into every single like tendril of this like fungus growth it's like watching everything that's happening and like aiding the mario bros in their uh, in their quest to defeat koopa and i was thinking like so he has this like almost like minor eldritch god consciousness expansion becoming this giant fungal body and then is like forced to become like a man again and rule the kingdom and i really yeah. want to see like a like lance henriksen doing like john carpenter's the thing type role where he's like the he's like the fungus king but he's like struggling yeah. because he has this like multi-dimensional consciousness and he's like still part fungus and starts to like just totally fucking destroy dino hatton and they have to like torch him with flamethrowers i think that would be amazing if it's like daisy has to like fight her own dad who's like a human uh fungus hybrid 
at the end of it, you know, that sets it up for could, a perfect sequel. I think we could combine both of those ideas <laughs> and it would be just maybe not just the best possible Mario Brothers movie, but maybe just the best possible movie. You're really just I, I just want to make a case for this film being great. Like, I, I truly enjoy it. Um, I've watched it so many times because every every time I, I watch it, it has a sense of fun about it that does not feel cynical. And I know it was a yeah. cash grab, but I think that, like, that's more from the... the From the corporate side. From the corporate side and, like, the, the movie being greenlit in the first place. But there's so much creativity and weirdness that went into it. Even just, like again, like pausing it and looking at all of the signs that they built um, yeah. and all of the, the actual sets they built. And just, it was clear that they, it was this massive effort to make a film uh, that looked pretty unique at the time. And I think still really holds yeah. up. And um, like, as I was taking screenshots of this film um, and kind of looking back at them after watching it a couple of times, I was like, these look like, fucking like vinegar syndrome releases like it looks like something <laughs> yeah. that like would be put out like the cult mario movie that everyone yeah. forgot about with like the the little practical like uh baby dinosaurs that are just eating slime with like a neon light and like a fog yeah. machine behind them it's awesome recognizing that the the lore of mario at that time was super limited and then yeah. the fact that so much was built out of a very basic premise is kind of awesome. Like it's, it is very artistic and they didn't skimp on anything. And I think it gets criticized because people are like, did they even play Mario? Don't they understand who he is? And it's not that it's not that deep. It's like, yeah, he's a plumber and he, he, you know, smashes stuff. And so it's on its own, really an awesome creative exploration of, a really, really paper thin premise. And yeah, it's really fun. Well, thanks guys. Uh, this has been really awesome. It's been really fun. Yeah, this was fun. And, uh, Thank you for having us on. Yeah. I think we, I think we've gotten to the heart of uh, what makes, uh, what makes super Mario brothers a good movie. Yeah. And i um, happy to be on the first episode as well. Thanks for uh, yeah. trusting in us enough to, you know, pick something that you'd want to talk about. So totally. Cool. You've been listening to I Kind of Liked It. Thanks for joining us for the first episode. If you kind of liked it, subscribe for future episodes and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash I kind of liked it to become a supporter of the show and get access to bonus material. See you next time.